0: Welcome to Black Exposed, Canada's only show with black content and all black Canadian music. It's Tuesday, May 9th. I'm your host, Sandra Tyler. Tonight, Canada's number one entertainment reporter, Rudy Blair, stops by. You may know him from his two decades on 680 News or his infamous red carpet interviews at the Grammys, the Junos, the CCMAs, and Canada's Walk of Fame. That's just to name a few. We're going to chat about his journey in the broadcast industry, advice for emergent broadcast superstars, and we get juicy with his best and his worst Hollywood interviews. You don't want to miss that. And I'm giving you and three friends a chance to win VIP passes to a private concert, meet and greet, and photo op with Juno winner Carlos Morgan. That's May 18th. And the great thing about it is he's lending you his Juno award, his MMVA award, And his SoCAN award So you can take a picture With all his awards That's kind of cool Tonight's black Canadian Artist spotlight Is Zochi A Nigerian Canadian Who's a genre chameleon With contemporary gospel R&B Hip hop And Afrobeats So if you're stuck in traffic And you need to chill Or you already have A chilled vibe Going like me Zochi's song Whole Again Will unlock your mind And your stresses It's gonna set the tone For the rest of your evening. So let's start. I'm Sandra Tyler, and this is Whole Again by Zochi, our Black Canadian Artist Spotlight, a 98.5 CKWR.
1: Love is bigger, that's what I find. Many have tried, but in you I have gained so much. If it's okay to try again, maybe you show up this time in the night when I'm all alone and look at me baby we're so undone nowhere to run how you feel is how I fit you baby we're so undone there's nowhere to run to this your love you give me so they make me whole again he they make me whole again he they make me whole again This your love you So it ain't make me whole again It ain't make me whole again It ain't make me whole again to be sitting by yourself all in this room I turn lights, I look at you, I see you smile, you look at me I smile right back, I know just how you feel Deep inside, please don't walk away Please don't walk away from me I am begging please, your love is really all I need, baby It's all I need, baby This your love, you give me so It ain't make me they make me whole again, it they make me whole again. So, again, It ain't make again. they make me whole again, This your love, you give me so, it they make me whole again, It they make me whole again, It they make me whole again, again, whole again you if it's said to you, you know what they say, it's already fallen, by I'm alone. it's already passed on my line, you don't have to call my line, you don't have to keep running, baby, I can keep school. me, I know want your past time. baby, baby, I ain't here to waste my time, you don't have to keep running, baby, I can keep school. she wanna go cologne. My baby said, colour, colour, yeah She wanna go, colour, colour, colour. my baby said, colour, colour, yeah Met a fine girl, straight from the hood When we try to talk to her, she say she no to follow Why you start to find your face when me and no come follow? See me try to talk to her, she say she wanna go, i so I fast, she then I met another pretty girl And she really tryna f me and it's tricky Shorty say she never leave me, never leave me Trip down your waist, I live for you Pull up your case, I walk for you Will I be late on time for you? Can't even relate, really I be for you She wanna go cold, cold, go
0: it's a three-day celebration of black art and artistry and it's free the mel brown music festival and symposium hosted by kpl central blues hip-hop opera jazz Reggae, ska, R&B Established stars, exciting emerging talent. If you love music, any music, you'll want to be there. Check out the website daily. New artists are still being added. The Mel Brown Music Festival, May 26th to 28th. Get your free tickets now at melbrownfestival.ca.
2: Hey, y'all, I'm Rudy Blair of Rudy Blair Entertainment Media RudyBlairMedia.com You're listening to Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. Welcome back
0: to Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. Kicking off the show was our Black Canadian artist spotlight, Zochi, with the song Whole Again and her song Colobia. Zochi is a Nigerian Canadian from Regina. Zochi uses Afro beats to honor her struggles and spread the light to the world with her talent. Tonight, I'm giving away free stuff, but for some musicians, holding a Juno for the first time is priceless. Black Exposed is giving you and three friends a chance to win VIP passes to a private acoustic concert with Juno winner Carlos Morgan. And after the private concert, there's a Q&A and a photo op with Carlos where you can hold his Juno Award, his MMVA Award, and his SoCAN Award. And if you are an aspiring musician, you may want to enter this contest because the chance to actually hold a music award for the first time, it is beyond elating and it's like a physical dream board for aspiring artists. So make sure you enter. You can enter at blackexposed at bell.net. And that's May 18th at the KPL Central Theatre. And winners get gourmet marshmallows from this new hip Canadian startup, AtlanticSweetsAndTreats.com. Their stuff is so yummy. I have another contest to mention. The book Nigeria Jones by author E.B. Boy. It releases today on Amazon and all other outlets. It's a love letter to any and everyone who has yearned to feel seen, fought for established and been driven by the hope of freedom. It's an essential book for young people that is unapologetically black, womanist, and liberating. So I'm giving away a copy of that book, Nigeria Jones. Again, email me at blackexposed at bell.net to win a copy. Coming up next, Rudy Blair, Canada's entertainment reporter to the stars. You don't want to miss this. He's going to tell us the best interviews, the worst interviews, and some other juicy stuff. I'm Sandra Tyler, and you're listening listening to Black Exposed, a 98.5 CKWR.
2: Hey, y'all. I'm Rudy Blair Rudy Blair Entertainment Media, RudyBlairMedia.com. You're listening to Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. Welcome to On the Make with Rudy Blair. All right, here we go. Check, check, one, two, three. Check, check, one, two, three, four. According purposes, if I get your name, please, and the name me. of the new album. I go by the name of the maestro Fresh West, and the album's called Champagne Campaign. Let's do this. Coming down in three, two, and one. Bye, mighty. Name of the new single? Blame. And the name of the new album? Thirteenth floor. All right, let's do this. I'm your music man, Rudy Blair. We're talking Nick Jonas. Hey, y'all, we got Nick Jonas, Sean Jones, Trey. That's all coming up and on the mic with Rudy Blair. Coming out in three, two, and one. If you want to see the biggest stars in music, there's only one place to be. It's with Rudy Blair. Oh, Maestro. Junos. This is where you made history. At the Junos, my friend, when you think about this. Of course, for folks who are watching this whole interview on Reedy Blair Entertainment Media, we are in London, Ontario. From YouTube, to Masterclass, to the Junos, to today. One word. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all the interviews you've done with yeah, me man. over the years. Yeah, man. My brother. brothers. Thank you. Check uh, check 1231234. Recording purposes, if I can get your name, please. Welcome
0: back to Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. I'm your host, Sandra Tyler. Co-hosting with me tonight is media icon, Rudy Blair. Rudy is Canada's music and entertainment reporter and a radio and television legend for over 30 years. You may recognize his voice from two decades at 680 News, his Rogers TV show on the mic with Rudy Blair and from his infamous interviews on national red carpets and on stages. I'm not done yet, Rudy. I'm not done introducing you. Rudy (laughs) Blair covers the Grammys, the Junos, MMVAs, the screen actor awards, the Canadian walk of fame and more. Rudy has won 16 radio television news directors association awards, the Harry Jerome award, Humber College Radio Broadcasting Hall of Fame Award and received an honorary degree from Humber College. And that's just to name a few. Now, yes, he's such an icon. Rudy has interviewed every famous person under the sun and he continues to help new indie artists gain exposure. Rudy, that was a handful.
2: Welcome to the show. I am honored to be on this show because you yourself are a trailblazer. You've been in the business. You understand it. So it's an honor to be here to speak with you. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you. That means so much coming from an icon like you. Rudy, you've been in the business for 30 years. Where did you get that itch to go into media?
2: you want to know something honestly i it was a fluke my older brother actually wanted to get into radio so when i was in high school you know you get called into the guidance counselor's office because they want to figure out what you're going to do and i hadn't applied for anything so i said "Eh, radio and that's the truth it was just one of the things where i just decided to do that because i come from a I come from a family that grew up where you know vinyl was king and, you know, DJing, parties, family coming over, and, you know, suddenly it's a get together where music is being played all the time, you know, cassette decks, um, what people call ghetto blasters, but we still had the little cassette deck. So I guess it was just a natural progression to be in business. Where did you get your very first broadcasting gig? Well, after graduating from Humber College in Toronto, the course that I had was kind of different. I got into a course where it was just on the weekends. It wasn't during the week. It was perfect. So they didn't have anything like electives or any other classes you had to take. It was strictly radio. So I went to school on Saturdays and Sundays and I was able to work during the week. So it worked out perfectly. But after my first year, I said, I'm going to get myself a job. In radio. And I did do a couple of things. I was, uh, I helped out at a station that doesn't exist anymore, CKY, and I did a, a couple other things where um, even when I was in high school, I was actually, my last year in high school, I got a job, a cleaner. I mean, a cleaner. I mean, like sweeping the floors, scrubbing the toilets, emptying out the garbages, but it was at a recording studio. So what I would do is uh, when nobody was in the studios, I'd be dumping the garbage out. And if I saw any big booklets on how to run the equipment, I would keep it. And they saw that I was really interested in it. So they would allow me to sit in on sessions. In fact, one of the guys who owned it, got me to be his, asked me to be his roadie, so I got to tear down and put together the band's equipment. So it was a great learning experience. And you were asking about my first radio job. My actual first job period was at that recording studio, being asked to voice a commercial. And at the time, we're talking about the 80s here, so just remember, hip-hop and rap are just you know starting to come out i mean people knew everything about rap is the light and people didn't know how to do it well and they had a commercial for a pizza bar place and we'll just say these caucasian guys were voicing it and they were doing the rap and the rap was sounding like let's do it let's do it to (laughs) the beat so they asked me Rudy, can you do this i was like yeah so went into the booth put the headphones on you came up and I just did. just do it, just do it, do the beat, y'all. I got $200 just for that. And that's what I knew. Oh, I'm in the right business. I want to do this. But the first radio job ended up being working at an all-new station that doesn't exist anymore. It was called CKO. It was a network. And it was a station that – it was a station in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, and a couple of other places – and I worked overnight as an operator. And so, my last year of Humber College, I was working midnight to 8 a.m. at this radio station, CKO, and then going to school on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday. So, it was brutal, it was tough, I would fall asleep at the board. But it was the greatest learning experience, which is why I never had to leave Toronto in my 30 plus years. Everything I've ever done was in Toronto, which thank goodness, because a lot of people have to leave and go to smaller markets to learn their craft. I was one of the lucky few who got a chance to stay here because CKO is also like one of the lowest rated stations in Toronto. Like, I mean, really low. But the cool thing was I got to learn from veterans. Guys who were in the business for years. Walk me through 680 News. You were there for 23 years. If you remember back in the day, all hit 680 CFTR. Yes. With guys like Tarzan, Dan, and, you know, I used to opt for these guys. AM was changing, and more people were listening to FM for the sound quality. AM ended up being more for talk, whereas FM was more for music. And Rogers decided they were, were going to flip formats and it was going to be an all news station. And because I had operator experience, they kept me on because, of course, working at CKO. So I was the morning show up, and I did it for a couple of years, but I was bored out of my head. I could close my eyes, and I could hit the buttons. (laughs) Gloria Martin was doing traffic, but she was also doing entertainment. And I asked her, could I help out with that? She said, sure. So she put me and had me do assignments, and I did them. And to be quite honest with you, they were horrible. And thank God they were only aired overnight, but I was learning. And eventually, I wanted my own identity, and I asked her about, uh, I mean, you're doing television and theater and things like that, but nobody's doing anything on music. Could I do that? And she was like, sure. So, I started reaching out to the record companies, and they would say, we don't know who the hell you are, click. (laughs) So, I started interviewing a lot of indie artists who nobody would know out of the blue moon, and, and it was a struggle. But I had people that were in my corner, and we had a particular artist come in. And I don't know if you remember the song, Butterfly Kisses, that was out in the 90s. It was a yeah. crossover song. Gospel. Christian. Yeah. gospel and pop. And the artist who sang it came to the station. He was actually going to be being interviewed at another one of our stations, CHFI. Well, one of my bosses said, well, look, we have a music reporter. He's here. Can we have him interview them. and they were like, yeah, sure. And had him come in, did the interview. He loved it so much. He actually asked me to introduce him because he was going to be performing at the CNE. So he asked me and introduce him. And the company, which actually ended up being BNG, said, yeah, we, we liked what you did. So we've got a lot of new artists. So we would love for you to interview them. I was like, oh, this is great. I got my in. Well, Little did I know those new artists were Britney Spears, The Backstreet Boys, Sync, Christina Aguilera. And I could keep going on and on and on with that. Other companies started hearing what I was doing. And they were like, well, we've got a lot of new artists, too. So next thing I know, it's Enrique Iglesias, other artists. And I'm um, interviewing again. All these new artists are coming in. The big breakthrough actually came through when Phil Collins actually ended up being in town. This was with Warner Music. And I got a call saying, Hey, Phil Collins is in town. We can't get anybody. You want an exclusive? You can have them. They bring me into a boardroom and they're like, Rudy, Phil Collins, Phil Collins, Rudy. And they left me there for a half hour. Did the interview. Didn't tell anybody about it. Went back to the radio station, worked all night, aired it, and nobody believed that I actually did the interview with Phil Collins. They thought I took it off of some recording and just added my name. I actually had to air the actual conversation before anybody believed it. And then after that, I was getting LL Cool J. I was getting Puff Daddy. I was getting... All these major artists after that. And that's why I always look at that one as my, that was the breakthrough interview. And I started making deals. Now, of course, a lot of kids maybe today don't remember what much music used to be, but much music was a major force back in the day with music videos and artists who performed it. And so I would ask them, hey, can I come down and interview the artists that you have for the Interactive? And they were like, sure, come down. So I would interview these artists. And it would be like the Tea Party or Our Lady Peace or those artists. But then Intermittent Interactive started to grow. Madonna, uh, Janet Jackson, the Spice Girls. And I would always be involved in that when it was happening. The Much Music Video Awards. It was this little dinky thing that everybody ignored. I made deals with them saying, I will do live hits from this if you allow me to come down and interview the people that were there. Yeah. And I was, for a couple of years, I was the only person ever doing any live hits other than their own people talking about the Bunch Music Video Awards. And then, of course, for folks who remember, it became huge. And I was always a big part of it. In fact, I did, oh, God, 20 or so red carpets and stuff with the MMVAs. I hustled. Mm -hmm. I went around to different places, even other radio stations that would have these big festivals. I would say, I can't mention your names. But if you allow me, I will talk about the festival itself if you allow me to do interviews with the artists. And they did. So it was a lot of hustling, a lot of no sleep, but it got me a chance to meet some of the biggest artists at the time in the world. Who is your favorite person that you've interviewed? See, that's... uh (laughs) There's so many great ones, but the one that always sticks out for me because of the situation would always be Barry White. And the reason why for for the young folks who don't know who Barry White is, he is like one of the greatest songwriters, performers ever in black music. His music is legendary. Can't get enough of your love, Dave. And I had wanted to interview him for years, but it was never a chance to set this up. We finally did. And we set it up for Valentine's Day. So I interviewed him a week before Valentine's Day did the interview I asked him for advice what does somebody do for Valentine's Day in romancing their significant other and he gave all this advice in the deep voice and he even did a promo for the station hi this is Barry White on 680 News wishing everybody peace and love on Valentine's Day oh I aired on Valentine's Day phones lit up is that really Barry White yes it's Barry White people lost their minds it was one of my favorite moments because it made me realize Do things that are different. Don't just do things in the norm. And having Barry White talking about Valentine's Day, you couldn't get any better than that. And that's when I started slowly coming up with doing different things that I thought would be interesting and make people go, hey, when they hear my name, Rudy Blair's coming up. Oh, I want to listen to this guy because this guy's going to come up with something. And now you
0: are. I mean, you you are Canada's (laughs) entertainment reporter everywhere I look. Doesn't matter what social I'm on. In media, in itself. You you and I kind of share this where you feel like that you're the only black person on the air pretty much.
2: So what was was was, that like for you? You know, here's the funniest part. There was at one point in time for several years, I was the only black person heard on morning radio in Toronto. And I remember Share Magazine actually doing a report saying A story on there are no black people on morning radio and i actually had to send them an email going uh over here that's where the problem came in because a lot of times people did not know i was black because it was radio i hadn't done television yet so people would hear me and they would just assume i was white and so when people would meet me i'd see that look on their face and i would go you thought i was white and they were like well you not knocking them, but they would say, Well, you don't sound black and then I would say, Well, what's a person black person supposed to yeah. sound like? And they can never answer that. You know. Yeah. So oh no. I've I've had it where I was maybe the only black person in the newsroom. I was the only black person out on the field. And I was very much aware of that, which was why when I started to get a strong platform, I started to go out to do different things. Like, for example, I was a judge, Miss Italia, that they used to have. Here in Toronto. And Miss Italia was something where you would have somebody win this in Toronto, and then they would go to Italy and they would compete for like Miss Italia Chicago, Miss Italia, wherever. A friend of mine works at this organization, and I had done an interview about Miss Italia for our station, and she asked, Hey, you want to be a judge? I said, Damn right I do. So you imagine you're in a room filled with Italian folks and you're the only black person you happen to be sitting there as a judge I purposely would do things like that I would go out and put my own time out to events and things like that so people could see my face and because I wanted to make sure that people understood there's no such thing as you know being put in a box which is why I loved working at uh, 680 News because if I worked at another radio station it would just be what their music flow was and i was gifted at a news station where i could speak to people that were in rock pop r&b gospel classical and for me that was great because especially when it came to red carpets people would tap me on the shoulder going how do you know all these people because I worked at a station that allowed me to do that. Plus, a lot of those folks I interviewed when nobody gave a damn about them. Taylor Swift and I did an interview at Tim Hortons over at uh, in Toronto at uh, Young and Bloor. Nobody knew who she was. She was a tall, very thin, pale young lady. I didn't even, dumb me, didn't even take a picture, but we did an interview, so you just never know. And that's the thing I love about that. It's about never letting yourself be told, oh, you have to do this, because I've had people going, well, you should just be speaking to the black artist." Why? Um, well, uh, no, why? Nobody really has it. Seriously, what a, seriously, what a dumb thing to say. Oh. What a dumb well, thing to I, say. Uh, I've had everything and everything. Like I said, I got into this. St- I got into radio in the uh, middle of the '80s. Back then, I came from an era where guys would punch each other out in the newsroom. Guys would, you know, make dumb racial comments or say things to women or, you know, make a grab or whatever else and not get into any trouble. You had to defend yourself. You try to pull that on me. I had no problem in fighting back. People these days talking about how tough it is and things like that. I just looked at him and go, you have no idea. Radio Now is
0: definitely, that's another episode of what I think radio <laughs> is right now. I'm working on um, the Mel Brown Festival with Carlos Morgan. I bought some ads on big box radio, I call it. The Mel Brown Festival is in support of black youth and music and education. So the whole weekend is black performers. And I couldn't find one person at any of the two big box radio stations who is black to voice it. And then I thought, okay, I always knew this. But even the concept of producing a radio ad... For a black event was, I mean, it sounded like a Leon's commercial. And I said, no, go back and redo it.
2: <laughs> Don't think that you have to go work at a black station. Like, say, you think, oh, flows around. Okay, I'm going to go work there. No, you go where the green is. That's the most important thing. You do not limit yourself thinking, oh, well, you know, say you were able to get a job at a station like Q107 and you're, well, they play White Rock. I don't want to work there. Why? Who cares? It's a job and it's something that you can learn and you can grow in. Heck, you could end up being the program director one day for all you know. Don't limit yourself. That is number one. Number two It's harder now than it was before. Like I said, back then, if somebody tried to pump me out, I knew exactly how to deal with it. And I'm showing my fist right now. These days, you can't do any of that kind of stuff. But it doesn't mean that you cannot speak up. Speak up. Don't let anybody make you feel like you should just be on a certain level. There's no such thing as a certain level. Only you can decide what level that you want to be at. And if you don't feel like that you're going to be getting the right shake where you are, who says you can't go somewhere else? You don't always have to stay in one spot. Don't be afraid. And three, don't be afraid to move to another city. There are plenty of places out there who would love to have you. I just happened to be, it just happened to work out that I stayed in one city. But if things were different and I had to go and live in, say, Owen Sound for a certain amount of time to learn my craft where I'm interviewing the cow, their blanket festival or whatever else, and I end up having to do traffic sports and weather and news and music and whatever else, I would have done it. I would have done it because it gives me a chance to make the mistakes where nobody else can hear it. So I'm going to be stronger when I come back to a major city. So you do all of that, but don't limit yourself. And the other thing, which is very, very important, we all have an ego. That's why we're in this business. This business feeds our ego. It's how you conduct that ego, which is important. If you use that ego to make yourself a better broadcaster and a better person, go full throttle. But if you're going to use that ego where you're going to be thinking you're better than somebody else or I don't why am I in this line? You know, don't you know who I am or whatever? Cut that crap out because reality is what you're doing is a job. It is not who you are. It pays the bills and it gives you some perks that maybe a lot of people don't get a chance. And the people you meet, the backstage things that you may get to do. But at any time, that job could say goodbye. And then who are you? I've seen announcers get really depressed because they don't know how to define themselves other than. Exactly. Always know who you are. Your real friends will always remind you who you are. Your family will remind you who you are. You remember who they are, too, because they're important in your life. Because when all that stuff is gone, that's all you're going to have. So always remember that. It doesn't matter. I mean, I've I've had dinner with Lionel Richie. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm having dinner with Lionel Richie. But at the same time, though, that's just a moment. It's not my life. My life is looking after my family, getting out and going to the gym, you know, Just enjoying my personal life. I am not Rudy Blair 680 News. I am Rudy Blair. Now, I'm on my own. I've been on my own now for the last uh, eight years as Rudy Blair Media. RudyBlairMedia.com. Got to make sure I add that in there. I will say this. In the beginning, it was tough. Oh, the transition was tough. From going from being on a major radio station to being on my own and trying to figure out how I was going to do this. I will say this. Thank God for social media because back in the day, there was no such thing as social media. If you were out, you're out. Now, you have a platform, you can still do the things that you want to do. So I had to relearn a lot of things. Uh, in the beginning, I was literally running around the city doing interviews where it was set up. It was tiring. And one of the most important things that I learned, and thank God, this goes with ego. I've set it up where if you see my videos on red carpets, you don't see me. It's just me. But I make sure that on my microphone, it says Rudy Blair Entertainment Media. So you hear my voice, you see my logo, but you only see the artist. And the reason why I wanted to do that was because I didn't want to have a camera guy with me because I didn't want to rely on anybody. And the other thing, too, I didn't want is I didn't want to be in front of the camera because I've got things I need to do. So And when somebody's being interviewed, you don't see the reporter talking to the individual sometimes you might see it but most of the time it's just the individual and the microphone so i said i'm gonna go that route and that's what i've done and it's made things so much easier quicker i've adjusted that and i love it that way so it works perfectly i'm the middleman i think one of the biggest problems that people have in our industry is they think they are celebrities no they are not oprah winfrey is a celebrity Okay? I'm not a celebrity. I'm not going to go to Italy or I'm not going to even go to London, Ontario and somebody's going to go, hey, that's really... No, they're not. Oprah Winfrey goes anywhere. They're going to know she is. That's a celebrity. I'm the middle man. You have the celebrity, you have me, and then you have the fan. And I'm the person hopefully asking the questions that the fans want to ask maybe don't even know to the celebrity and a celebrity is hopefully giving that information, the right information back to me that I can pass back to the fan. I'm just the middle person and what I'd like to say is we are local personalities. Yes, we have people who enjoy what we do. Yes, we can be recognized maybe on the street or in a restaurant or whatever else. I mean, hell, I've been recognized even in a washroom trying to pee. (laughs) Um... But we are local personalities. That's it. From the time you've started doing your red carpets to now, do they slowly move you up to the front of the red carpet? How does that work? It depends on the company that you're working with and, of course, who's running that red carpet. So, say, for example, it's uh, the Juno Awards, which I just recently did. Juno Awards is being broadcast on CBC. So anybody affiliated with CBC is going to have the first, second, third, fourth, blah, 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 down the line. Then it goes to the bigger companies, which, of course, could be Rogers, which is going to be Bell and whoever they have. They're going to be after that. In the beginning, when I was with, of course, Rogers 680 News, I was a lot higher up because I'm on my own and my listenership and viewership is not as big as theirs. Excuse me, I'm sort of in the middle, a little bit towards the back. Not at the end, but towards there. I'm perfectly fine with that. And the reason why is A, all that stuff in the front, it's too tight. People are jostling and banging away and things like that. So I don't want to be around on that. And two because of who I am and what I've done over the years, nine times out of ten, whoever is walking down that red carpet and recognizes me, they're going to come over to do the interview with me. So, I don't have to worry. The only time they get scurried off is if a timing situation happens yeah. and they have to be somewhere because of blah, 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 or whatever else. Fine, cool. And I don't even worry about that. But the thing that I will always know is whatever interview that I've done is going to be completely different from what anybody has done towards the front. And the reason why is because, again, nine times out of ten, that person and I have history. So that conversation is going to be completely different. And to be honest with you, and I'll pat myself on the back on it, I think my interview will be better than theirs you know not knocking them oh, yeah. I just think my interviews will be better than theirs and I've been able to show that you're humbling yourself right now because
0: when I was the director for of marketing for the Juna Awards and I would always see you working the eTalk red carpet right and even before always everybody listen everyone every artist national international whatever that sees Rudy runs to them gives him a hug gives him a kiss on the cheek Rudy's here you know like, they bypass everybody. I just asked that question so people understand the fundamentals of working a red carpet. But I know that it doesn't matter if he's 30 people behind. They're going to come to him first and bypass everyone else.
2: I've, um, I'll have um. i tell you a quick story. Do we have time for me to tell the story? Uh, you have all the time in the world, my friend. Okay. I remember four years ago, I was doing a red carpet for an event, and it was at Casa Loma. And all these great Canadian artists were going to walk the red carpet. Because I've been doing this for so long, most of the people that I would share that red carpet with are no longer around. They've got new people. And a lot of times, a lot of these new guys think they're celebrities and think that they're all that, And even though they haven't done much. And a lot of times, if they don't know me, they'll ignore me. They'll just talk amongst themselves. And I'm okay because I've got my little equipment. I've got my microphone and whatever. they got their cameras and whatever. And I remember this one particular person, and she just kind of eyeballed me like, you know, who's this? Come on, give me a break. And as you said, that was happening where people were like, oh, really? And literally, there was one interview with one particular artist. He didn't see me. And I was next to her, and he was talking to her, and literally, in the middle of her interview, turned around, Rudy, walked away from her (laughs) camera and microphone to give me a hug. We started talking. dude, you got to go do your interview. And he's like, oh, and he apologized to her, went back, and the look on her face said it all. And then another artist, Corey Hart. He comes down, and Corey and I have a lot of history. And she was trying to make some kind of big joke about, you know, Sunglasses That Night, this big hit song from the 80s. And you can tell his face that he's heard these things before. And then he sees me, it's the same reaction, big hug and everything. But when we were done with the interview, he calls his wife and kids over to in- introduce me. And we had this conversation. I could see from the corner of my eye this Person is just like her mouth is like. What is going on here? And it's because of years of respectful interviews and them trusting me enough so that when these situations happen, they're just Let me introduce you to this. This guy's been great to me over the years. Whereas a lot of times these days, especially these days, people don't do their homework. They only care about getting a picture to post on social media. And they don't even have a clue about the people who they are going to be speaking with. And that makes me angry because we come from an era where we had to buy magazines to read, whereas all they have to do is go on their phone and follow the person for like two or three minutes to get information. It's ridiculous. So I think that's why I get the reaction that I do get from these folks. And believe me, it's an absolute honor to have that. And it's kind of funny to me, too, when I look at these young kids and they have... No clue in what's going on. And then it even gets funnier when maybe a kid on my other side here starts to try to steal my questions. really oh yeah that has happened a couple of times I just look and I just go "Eh, let them take it it's not going to work for them the way it's going to work for me and believe it or not a lot of the guys like Mike Williams a lot of the guys from the much music era these guys did their homework you know J.D. Roberts and you know the rest of them they did their homework so I learned a lot from watching them I'll tell you another quick story which kind of goes with what you were saying I remember I was going to interview Sting First and last time I interviewed And it was because of a book he had and an album that he had. And I always heard that if Sting doesn't like your interview, he'll say, are we done yet? So I didn't want that to happen to me. So I read, like you, I read his book from beginning to end. I listened to this album from beginning to end. And I'm a guy who doesn't like writing questions down. I think I've written maybe five times in all the interviews I've done. But when I sat down with him and I looked at him, I immediately said okay i want to get right into this it says this 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 but i've heard in other interviews it's really about this connected with the album but when i listen to the album I'm hearing this 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 so i just started off acting like i was completely confused with what i was reading to what i was listening to and he goes okay let me explain and we literally got into this great conversation because and then i would say but wait a minute But you're saying this but this says this he says okay but this connects with it and we had a great conversation with this and that's one of the things i always try to do with my interviews like we're doing right now it's not an interview it's a conversation that folks are getting a chance to hear by the time we were done i was nervous because i had some books and some album cds for him he signed everything and even took the picture with me so i was just like got through that
0: what was the worst interview you've had
2: (laughs) oh my famous person famous person i'll 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 do this for you how's this i'll give you my top three or four people that i've interviewed that i could not stand and literally had to cut the interview gene simmons of kiss i've interviewed gene maybe five or six times i would say four of them were great the other two let's put it this way one of them i actually told his people that if he looked at me the wrong way i was going to leave the mic on and knock his ass out why? okay uh because <laughs> gene can, anybody who really knows gene simmons knows he can be arrogant chauvinistic a bully and he thinks way too highly of himself and i don't have any problem saying it. plus the fact too his wife is even worse and i've seen the way she acts in front of people when cameras aren't on so big disappointment there steven seagal he is a total a-hole Completely Um, We're one of the worst interviews I ever did To the point where it was just like Why am I doing this Jewel Believe it or not From the 90s Really Horrible interview Interviewed her three times Twice Was so bad I just cut the interview When I was asked to interview her a third time I said No I'm not going to interview her Are you kidding me And they asked why. I explained why. Do you remember the show Entourage? Yeah. The lead character, the actor who played in that, and I can't think of his name. There's a reason why you don't see him acting anymore is because he's a complete a-hole to the point where, again, I told his people if he didn't have his bodyguards there, I would have knocked his rear end out a long time ago. Yeah. So those are my top folks for bad interviews. Other than that, Honestly, everybody that I've ever spoken with, they've been great. I mean, sometimes you may get somebody who may be tired or in a bad mood or else. But if you do it right and respectful, you can get them out of that so they can enjoy the interview. So I always give the benefit of the doubt. But honestly, I would say 97 to 98% of the time, I've had great interviews with great people. That group that I mentioned, those are the ones that will always stand out as the absolute want to take you into a room close the door knock your ass out and then come back out kind of interview well like
0: i always say successful psychopaths are everywhere so
2: (laughs) exactly (laughs) what's next for you because i can't keep track of your comings and goings i just see red carpets No, right now, it's still going to be that. It's still going to be working on Rudy Blair Entertainment Media, reediblairmedia.com. Still going to be doing my interviews. Of course, I host uh, Canadian Music Week, their virtual show. That's free, right? You just have to register? You just have to register. And really what it is... Folks from the industry, they get together on the panel on Zoom and they talk about things that are are going on. And people get a chance to send in questions. Now, of course, with Canadian Music Week coming up uh, June 5th here in Toronto, uh, you will probably be seeing me down there hosting some of the big ballrooms and things like that. Also, of course, host for the Lemon Stage. Uh, we just did a show last week, which was so cool. And I love working with Lemon Entertainment. They are about bringing stages bringing artists together who are new who are just getting into the business giving them a stage to perform and people getting a chance to hear them and i get to introduce them a lot of times i've never even heard of these artists but by the time i'm done with them i'm their biggest fans and again this goes back to the junos standing on a red carpet there's one of those artists that played it and you're like hey and then we have that rapport again hopefully in the next year or so because i still have a lot of my old interviews i'm thinking about maybe posting some of those you know just the thought i don't know oh that's cool um you know it's like for example speak harry belafonte just passed away i have an audio interview of him and i uh wow several years so it's things like that i'm thinking about maybe reposting just sort of a respect for back in the day And uh, who knows? Hopefully um, I can come up with another program show stage where I can help introduce some of these young artists. You mentioned about my show on the mic with Rudy Blair. I loved doing that because it gave me a chance to speak with the big stars of the day, but also I always interviewed the younger artists who were just getting in. And I think it's so important that there's always a stage for those artists there aren't enough of those you don't get a chance to hear them on the radio unless some major station or i should say yeah station or major uh record company is pushing them you know it's it's tough so i love being part of that uh element where if i have a stage and i can get them on and give them a chance to talk or hear their music and something big comes up it's a good feeling knowing that you help them with their journey the last question of, of this interview is probably
0: the the most important question that I have been thinking about since I've wanted to have you on the show. You ready for it? I'm ready. Where do you buy
2: your t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, of course, Diana Ross. Hold on. Hold on. Dinah Ross. I got <laughs> Nice. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You want me to let the secret out?
0: Okay. I will give a backstory first. So okay. every time he's he's at Elma Combo on the Lemon stage, he's got some a different T-shirt on with some iconic saying or iconic person, and everyone else is like on on you know on chat saying, "Oh, you met this person." Oh, you didn't? I'm like, "Where'd you buy
2: this T-shirt?" So I've been <laughs> asking him for years. So now you have to dish. Okay, I will tell the truth because. People will figure it out, anyways. Oh my goodness! It feels like Superman taking his glasses
3: off. <laughs> Clark can't take
2: his glasses off. Some of the, <laughs> some of them actually from like Winners or Marshalls. I like to go in and I just like to you know hover around. Sometimes I just go to record stores. They're still record stores, and yeah. I might just go through and I might just see something. But the difference though for me is I will think about something where I would go, hmm, what album cover did I like as a kid? Oh, yeah, it was this. I mean, it took me years before I could find my Barry White T-shirt. And I've never (laughs) worn it. I haven't worn it yet. But it took me years because every time I looked, it'd be currently out of stock, currently out of stock. And then one day it was there and I grabbed it. Thank you so much. Rudy Blair, the legendary Rudy Blair, the iconic
0: Canada's music and entertainment reporter, the only one. Thank you so much for being on Black Exposed. Big love and thank you. Hi, this is Barry White. Please join me on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, May 8th, 9th, and 10th for the first, for the first, first thing. I'm cutting the spot, Tony. Jesus. Hi, this is Barry White. And Paul Quinn College cordially invite you to a weekend in Texas on Friday, Saturday, one more time. Saturday and Sunday. Shit. If you are a black Canadian artist And want your music heard Send us two of your radio edited songs The clean versions Along with your bio, photo, and your socials To blackexposed at bell.net And you can be our next black Canadian artist spotlight Hello
3: everyone, it's your boy Rookie You're listening to Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR Beauty
0: Rise above That's what you are
3: That's who you are to me Who I Say the way just happened. Had no bad intentions for you. Maybe I own heaven. Saw you in my reflection. But now you are so dangerous. Ooh, the way you make me feel so dangerous. So dangerous, loving so generous. I can't get enough. Every day I'm craving for you. I can't get enough of you. Still can't get enough. Every day still praying for you, praying that you will be mine. Hey, hey, hey. I know I do it better than he do. Can't do the kind of things that we do that can make you speak Hebrew can give you that magic, that voodoo I'm the only that can make you reconsider got you stalking, got your sneak picking on my twitter best you ever had and we all know who is better. I call the sharks, tessy tessy like repeater situations happen. had no bad intentions S-s-s- for you made it our own heaven, saw you in my reflection So dangerous ah, Dangerous Dangerous Ooh, The way you make me feel So dangerous Loving so generous I can't get enough Every day I'm craving for you I can't get enough Of you Still can't get enough Every day still praying for you Praying that you will. Today.
4: thing you did was worth it all the sacrifices taken when the picture wasn't perfect I guess- it in your face when I was young and all your burdens are reminders to keep pushing when I'm working on this circuit. I remember in the Canada cold, delivering papers out the trunk when I was sick, going door to door. You used to say God got me, I was meant for more, and that we was broke cause he was fixing what we had in store. I remember that, mama used to beat my ass, then I would be mad and crying while she worked the back to back. Then she'd wake me up and tell me that I better get to class, and then I graduated and she stood up and I saw her clap. Mom, we used to argue, now I know you was right, I'ma tell my kids the same to be in before street lights, not to steal, do right, live, laugh, play fight, and every night pray to God on both knees with closed eyes, everybody's got a mom, everyone relates to this there's no way we can repay them for the things they all did, there's a message to the queens around the world who go to war and sacrifice to make a better life for all of their kids, this Tuesday night you would drive me to practice, church on Sunday midnight masses, push me hard, I couldn't be stagnant, kept me calm despite the madness, you cooked and kept me fed, then knelt and prayed beside my bed, you whisper in my ear and I still hear those words inside my head Mom knows best Can't dunk back Can't disrespect Can't forget you held me in your stomach Despite all the pain All the stress Can't neglect Lay the bricks to my success And dedicated all your time to make sure that I did my best
0: Mom Well that's it for tonight's Black Exposed Don't forget to enter for your chance for you and three friends to win the Carlos Mogan Private VIP Acoustic Concert in Photo Op That's May 18th Also I'm giving away a book of Nigeria Jones By author E.B. Zavoy Which releases today So email me at blackexposed at bell.net For both contests Next week's show I sit down for a personal chat With a black exposed local hero Regional council Colleen James She's the first black woman to serve the regional council But she's also more than that She's awesome She's a mom, she's a partner She's a legacy maker And she's one of the top 100 black women To watch out for We're going to have a little fun with her Because you know political stuff is a little stuffy sometimes So watch out for that interview next week Plus we're going to have some one on ones With the Mel Brown Music Festival and Symposium artists You can catch Black Exposed every Tuesday 6pm On 98.5 on your FM dial Stream live at ckwr.com And stream always Podbean, Samsung, Virgin And most other streaming services Well thanks for being my best friends for this hour Stay safe Celebrate your blackness In every shade I'm Sandra Tyler This is Black Exposed Good night
3: A bottle of lead A gun in your jeans And a little faith in me A plane in the sky The only starlight On this never-ending street The cameras and cops with good open stars On our mother's new screens our mother's news crazy. All of these traps And all of these street signs, None of them will be yours or mine But I'll be your empire Just stay alive, stay alive, stay alive I've been, I've been telling you my before I'm